Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. I have this ability to make people feel comfortable. And that safe, that safe space makes it possible to go to the next step with them. Um, That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. It's really big. I continually get that feedback from people about the process of working with me as a photographer. If I were photographing uh, a comedian, female, um, I might want to do something like that on the stage with like stage lighting, um, really animated, um, as opposed to like a politician or a, um, a, another, like a male actor. Say, mm-hmm. um, I just, I really think that who they're their persona in the world impacts my story about them. And I try to, to marry that. Hey, quick question before we get started. Would you like to win a free piece of clothing from Snowman Films and a 30-minute chat about your creative journey with me? I know that I would love to connect with you. And I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it five stars for good karma. Then screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging snowman films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30 minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this, how are creators like us who aren't built for the nine-to-five, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable. How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. Welcome back to Conversations with Creators. I am Noah Mittman, your host, and with me today is world-famous, amazing, talented, EJ Carr, thank you for being on the show, EJ. Thanks for asking me. <laughs> yeah, man. I, uh, it's so we connected. I we were talking a little bit earlier. Uh, we may keep some of it in, but about we connected through Shine Music Festival and the amazing Nigel Dick. And uh, I think it was before that. I think it was at Oh Honey. You're right. You're right. We did. Was it the music video? Yeah, and I might have, and there might have been, and there might have been something even before that, but I know oh, yeah. that. I know. My memory shit. So if if it is, please tell me. I remember you humping gear through the countryside up in the mountains. So, yeah, that was the music video. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and by the way, that music video went viral. That was crazy. I know. Uh, really really it's crazy. called. Uh, I'm trying to think of the artist. It's called "I Pray to God," and it was. Oh, they honey. Link it in the show. Yeah, yeah, oh, honey. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, say it again. Right. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Uh-huh. Was it okay? Yeah. 
I think so. She's Hawaiian. She's Hawaiian. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But like, what what a what a job on that one. That was. Uh... <laughs> I remember. I remember Nigel when we were you know in the middle of the of the field you know, humping you know, carrot trekking lighting gear past cow poop. He's like, this is this is the the glamorous lifestyle that you can expect from from working with me. And I was like, oh, I just love it. This is the glory of the industry, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was pretty I was pretty happy with that because I uh, on on that shoot I pulled focus on a shot where she was walking towards camera. So we went from like thirty feet away from camera to past camera, and I stayed sharp the whole time. I was pretty happy with that. And it was like it wasn't on a monitor. It was just on the side of the lens, you know. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> but yeah, man, I you have you have quite the resume uh for for and in your your big I mean it seems like your passion is portrait photography, yeah. Um <clears throat> Yeah, I th- I think that um there was a trans I think I was a transformation at some point in my career back then back like a while ago i i initially was um i just wanted to take pictures when i first started that's all yeah. i wanted to do. um and it was the first thing in my life that i ever felt at the at the time i felt like this was the first thing that ever gave me so much positive feedback that is sort of was like okay there's a fork in the road and i'm going to go that way um and that was very early on in my career i was young that was way before um that was way before I ever even started to work professionally. Mm. Um, and, um, so yeah, it just, it just became clear to me that I had a, I had an eye and I had a sensibility about composition and color and sensitivity towards emotion. Um, and that was pretty much the foundation that, that gave me the confidence to start moving that direction. Um, after a lot of time in school, uh, between art school in college and then uh, photography school in California, my what became clear to me is that I wanted to go into fashion. And quite honestly, I wanted to go into fashion one because it still had an art. There was still a, there was still a facet of fashion and still to this day is true. That is art. Um, and yeah. I could meet a lot of really pretty girls. So <laughs> When you when you break it down, it all comes back to the same thing. <laughs> um, so, listen, listen. I there's no shame in that. That was just that's one. One I I know this for a fact. One of the deciding factors in my wife falling in love with me was seeing one of my passion project videos. It was it was parkour back in the day, but it was like she could tell that I was passionate about something. And that was that was uh, great for her. So you know, yeah. it's it's uh, there's nothing wrong with it. <laughs> oh, there's nothing wrong. It's so healthy. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> no, um, so uh, I went to New York early on after I got out of school in the late seventies, and I started pursuing my my career in fashion. That was my I was going to become the next Richard Avedon. That's that's you know that's sort of an that was my immature motivation like it's like i was going to become somebody else um, right. I, that's how that's how we always start is you have the inspiration you're like i'm gonna have this and then you find your own voice yeah yeah i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna like knock him off the pedestal yeah yeah uh, there you go. clearly that never happened 
Um, and it, it took a long time for me to realize that the only thing I can do is be me. Yep. Um, and I think that that, well, I don't think that was what actually opened the, the gate for me to start pursuing portrait photography alongside the fashion career that I had. Um, and that was in the early 90s. And in the early, well, early to mid-90s. And that was at a time when, like, celebrity photographers became, there were, everybody wanted to be Herb Ritz and Timothy White and uh, Mark Seliger and uh, everybody, is a, those were the guys that were the leaders in that world. So that was my next inspiration. I was like, okay, if those guys can do it, I can do it. Um, so along with my fashion business, I started pursuing portrait photography directly and specifically towards the editorial market in a major, major market. So my intent was to like, you know, give my work in all the major magazines in the portrait field, because it was just a, it was a parallel field to the fashion world. And to this day, there's still a connection. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't separate them. What were the magazines back then that like you like had to get into? Like what was, what was like the prime you had to get into magazines to get the bigger work, yeah. Because everybody looked at the magazines for inspiration. All what was they, like, what was like your dream publication? Like, what was the what was the the title back then? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I would have to say I, I would say it was probably Rolling Stone. Was, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'd be a dream. Even yeah. even today, I would say. <laughs> yeah, even today, um, you know, I did a lot. I worked a lot in the entertainment industry. Um, and I started working in the music industry all because of my shift, like sort of splitting my, 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 uh, direction between fashion and portraiture. The yeah. portraiture took me into the music industry just by mistake. Kind I would, of, you I, went from clothes to faces basically from fashions to, yeah. 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 I never stopped. I continue to, I continue to this day still work in the quote unquote, the little bit of fashion industry that's in Denver. Yeah. Yeah. But back then, that 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 shift from going from just trying to get fashion work to starting to try to get editorial work in the portrait industry, specifically celebrities and music musicians and artists, took me to Nashville. Um, Makes sense. Yeah, it's it just um, I did a lot of it. back then. People would advertise. Photographers would advertise in directories. There were these fat books that were filled with every photographer commercial photographer in the country who would buy space to buy a page, buy two pages, buy four pages. It was expensive to sell to, to, um, to, um, advertise your, advertise yourself to get major work. And once the book was published, the, the publishers would send it out to all the ad agencies, all the record labels, all the magazines. And then the creatives in those places would look through the book when they had a project and they'd find somebody's work that would fit wow. the direction that wanted to go with their project. So that was that yeah, was before internet. You had a literal book to find to get to get work. Say that again. What to to find work before the internet? You had a literal book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To get work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, I mean there was no searching on the internet because wow. that was. I mean I think I mean that was at the beginning of the internet. Yeah, I was gonna say because you know I was I was I'm born in '89, so all the '90s I was a kid. So you know yeah. that's uh, yeah. That's that's great. So it's basically the yellow pages for work. Yeah, it was the work. There were a couple of books that were that were prominent. One was called the Black Book, and one was called the Workbook, and another one was called the Alternative Pick, which the Alternative Pick was created specifically 
or the music industry. So you could ever you could advertise in all those books and cost you a lot of money. Yeah, uh, I advertised Pick in your niche. The, yeah, I, I advertised in what was called the workbook and the alternative pick. Um, and one day, probably early on, about 1993 or 94, I got a phone call from a record company in Nashville, and they uh, the art director was got on the phone with me, and she was very very engaging and very very complimentary. And mentioned to me that she had reached out recently to like an A-list photographer in New York who turned down the photo shoot for her label because her artist wasn't an A-list artist. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I won't no, mention, no, it I won't mention a photographer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, very prominent photographer. So I was the second pick in that situation. And that opened the door for me to work in Nashville, which opened up a lot of other doors in the music yeah. and for me um music city usa yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i mean and to this day i have contacts in that industry i don't work as i don't work as uh, much of that world as i used to but i still work with artists as you noticed we've worked on projects together yeah absolutely what um excuse me uh what are the the key elements when you're trying to kind of capture somebody's portrait to like get their essence out of them what what kind of goes into your thinking on that? Um, that's interesting. I don't know if I think about that. Uh, I do actually. I do. <laughs> I was like, I know you got it. <laughs> I, I think. No, I think. What happened? I, I. They have to feel comfortable yeah. with me or whoever it is on the, that side of the camera. Um, and I'm and that's one of my gifts. I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know if it was natural for me in my life long before I started to become a photographer or if I learned how to do that because I had to. Mm. Um, but I have this ability to make people feel comfortable and that safe, that safe space makes it possible to go to the next step with them. Um, that's huge. Yeah, it is huge. It's really big. Um, and I, I, I continually get that feedback from people all the time about, the process of working with me as a photographer yeah the you make them comfortable i mean that's i i almost the final frame is obviously like the most important but i feel like second in line to that is the shoot was great and i was super comfortable and it was a blast that trust and that being come i mean because you can tell on camera when somebody when the when the subject is comfortable and having fun and that's i mean that's I feel like the soft skills, the people skills are almost just as important as it being in focus. Oh, no, I agree. I, you know, um, we just did a, you didn't work on this. Um, you do, you weren't at this project that I just did with Nigel last fall with, um, I can't, and again, I'm not going to mention the artist's name, but it was, it was a very prominent artist. And, uh, we did a, we worked on a video. And I was brought in to, to, you know, as like the background guy to do behind the scenes and possibly do some PR for the artist. And um, it's really obvious when the subject, quote unquote subject, can't get out of their own way to let themselves be seen. And that was was the case in this particular shoot. And I finally got through that. But you just never know what's going on with people. and some and some people can't get out of the way to let themselves be present. 
Um, so however that process works with my energy and theirs, it usually clicks. It usually clicks. Yeah. Um, I think I can make people feel safe. I'm a safe guy. It's like, I'm not out there. You know, it's like people like me. I'm easy to talk to. Um, I think I've got gentle energy and I just think it makes it easy for folks to show up, to show up. Are there any like specific techniques that you use to get them to that place? Uh-huh. I'm self-deprecating. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Same with Nigel. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So truly, and, and it's like I, I, I and it's like I don't. I, it wasn't a calculated skill. It's just an. It's just a play. It comes from a place of honesty. I can like. I just can like say, you know what, you know, I'm. I'm just a human. I. I do. I do things badly. I'm. I'm just as. I. I. You know. It's just like, I can make fun of myself. Yeah. And that's I, think huge. That, I think that creates a really, really safe soft spot for people to show up. I mean, that's that's a classic. I mean, that's that's one of the the classic ways to make people feel comfortable. And it's just you know, it, there's a reason it's timeless. It works great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and nobody ever taught me that. I don't I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, it might I, have been it might have been hanging around Nigel for a while. <laughs> might have been what? What's that? Hanging around Nigel for a while. Oh well, no, this has been going off for a long time. But oh, there that, you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, truthfully, when I first went to New York City, um, in the late late seventies, early nineteen eighty, um, I had my first assignments. Well, I went to New York City with a thousand dollars, a Nikon camera, and, and about and two lenses. I mean, I was married, I had a wife, but as far as the money that I could use to start <laughs> a business, that's what I had to work with. So um, I rented a, I shared a studio with a couple other photographers in, in Manhattan in what was called the, the photo district. And uh, I started getting out there and making phone calls and trying to get business. And when I moved to New York, I had left Texas to go to New York and I had a few connections with a couple of magazines in Texas. And when I got to New York, I called them just to let them know that I was there. And one of the magazines from Houston called me up and they were doing a story on, um, I can't remember how many people, I think it was five different quote unquote celebrities that they were doing small spot interviews with for their magazine in Houston. And they assigned me to do the photographs for all of these people. So my initial, my first celebrity photo shoots in New York, way before I even started trying to go into the portraiture, where I was assigned to shoot photograph Ralph Lauren, Philip Johnson, an American architect, um, the Dalai Lama, and a Broadway actress named Carlin Glenn, who was just in a brand new Broadway show called The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. So, what a lineup. Okay. Yeah. So here I am, green. I'm like a new shoot right out of the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to go and I'm going to like show up at Ralph Lauren's polo office on 7th Avenue in fashion, fashion, fashionista world. And I'm going to feel comfortable in confidence photographing Ralph Lauren. Um, that was like trial by fire. Yeah. I sort of got thrown into the pit and I had to survive. Which, uh, which is, I mean, that's that's the story. That's how you do it. And that's how it happened. <laughs> that's how it happened. What's crazy for you especially is like, talk about being thrown into the fire. Like you talk, you're, you're, you're photographing big names when you're green yeah like that's god that must have been just 
Was it more exciting or terrifying? Oh, it was both. I yeah. don't think. Was it more? I think, um, <clears throat> well, the, uh, the fun, the fun issue with the American architect, Philip Johnson was terrifying. Yeah. Because I spent 45 minutes or an hour with him in his office. And I don't think he said two words to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's so awkward yeah i mean I'm, maybe your viewers will, will research philip johnson he was a very very famous american architect um he um his is um one of his most famous projects is in new canaan connecticut it's called the glass house and it's a house that's totally made out of glass you can see in the, from all angles cool um, he um but a very very prominent uh architect in fact he he designed what's called the cash register building in Denver. That you is know that literally the most famous build. That's like the building of the Denver skyline. Like, yeah, that's it's it. The, it's the only building that makes Denver skyline Denver. So yeah. absolutely, I know that building. Yeah, that's his. That's one of his projects. I don't that's know. Awesome. I don't know the history of it. Um, no, super cool. That's that is literally like the iconic. That yeah. makes the Denver skyline iconic. Yeah, no, I, I have to agree that it's, it's very noticeable and very recognized. Um, so anyway, that was the guy. And uh, yeah, I've got a very, very, very strong portrait of him. It's too bad I didn't have things available to share with you at this point. I could have sent him, we could have seen it. Um, I don't know, is that something I could send you in the meantime that you could use? Yeah. On the topic of celebrity, um, what are some of your most memorable experiences photographing celebrities and what made them special or even challenging oh how challenging let me think as your website has as quite a few names and faces does it i haven't looked at it for <laughs> the big one that stood out to me was michael bolden <laughs> oh yeah michael bolden yeah um well um it's not like I'm. I'm not trying to remember. No, no, I'm, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. Trying to remember who. Trying was. to remember stories, not the people. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, my. I mean, Michael was done for a magazine story for Hello Magazine in London. Um, I, I had an agent representing me, who I was actually just represented by again recently, um, but we just she ended our relationship because the business has changed so much that. She had been out of it for 10 years, and I, I I warned her when she wanted to get back into it that I don't think you understand how much this industry's changed in 10 years. And she jumped back in, and after about six months, she realized that she didn't have the skills to manage the way it's gone. Um, so that's just an aside. So, But she was my agent back in early 2000s, and she would, she would bring me in to do stories that she proposed to magazines celebrity magazines and entertainment magazines and when she got the assignment approved she would pick the one of the photographers from her group and she would assign us the the project and that's how i got to photo shoot with michael 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 bolton um because i was in new york he was in connecticut and um it was called there was those photo shoots were called at homes meaning yeah. you go to their home and you take as many pictures as you can in the amount of time they give you <laughs> how long and, did you have I had oh Michael was pretty he was uh, he was pretty gracious. We had I I was probably there for three hours. Oh wow! 
yeah with him that's like a solid uh, half day yeah no it was it was a long time and it was really it was it was fun um well, what the interesting thing about the shoot with michael bolton is he had a he had a he uh he had his own studio in his home like most so many people do <clears throat> and as we were looking for areas in his place to do photos we walked into the studio and there was a picture of this artist on on the wall whose name was kanye <laughs> and uh, <laughs> i never heard of him <laughs> and uh, that's, how, that's how long ago this was. <laughs> this was I'm telling you how long ago that was. That's 20 years ago. Good or uh, bad, never heard of it. <laughs> there was there was nothing neither good or bad about it. It was just yeah. like I just I just Fresh. oh this, Kanye, we just did something together. Yeah. He was he was um he was his girlfriend living, I don't think they were married, but he was um oh, what's her name i can't think of her name right now very very famous actors i kept hoping she would come downstairs to, <laughs> to do something together yeah <laughs> you might come to, yeah. um but that was the first time i think that was the first time i did anything with a digital camera and oh, the wow. only reason i did that was because my assistant who was one of my full-time assistants at the time had just purchased a new canon d something and at the end of the shoot, we had done it. We had done it. We had just finished doing a shoot of him, a really beautiful shoot of him, sitting in the doorway of his home underneath a portico, and it was sunset time. And um, I finished my role, my film, and she goes, "You want to shoot my camera?" I go, oh, "Yeah." I go, "Michael, can we hang out for a minute?" He goes, "Sure." And that was the first image I ever shot with a digital camera was Michael Bolton. Wow. Uh, yeah. So anyway, it was cool. Seam a seamless transition into the new the new media. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does Mike? How does my color look to you on your? A little, a little blown out. I wonder what happened. I'm not sure. Let me hold on. Let me see something. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. That's weird. I don't know how that happened. How do I look? You look great. <laughs> hold on. Is that better? Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's better. Yeah, yeah. Is that better? Is the other stuff not good now? No, it's fine. Okay. Again, I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> the most important thing to me is that it goes out. It's uh, it can look how it looks. I'm not I'm not bound by perfection on this by any means. And okay. uh, yeah, all good. How long is your segment? Is it segment? Uh, yeah, we do about an hour, hour and a half, depending on kind of where we where we go with oh, stuff. We're gonna people actually listen to me talk that long. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm not sure you'd be able to listen to me. Talk that long. <laughs> You're doing great. <laughs> Um, no, that's, oh my God, that's a great, so you literally switched from film to digital in the middle of a Michael Bolton shoot. Yeah. In fact, Fantastic. That, um, again, another story. Well, I have another, Please, I, all the stories. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, I had, um, at the same time during the same period of time, things started to happen very fast. Once I, um, <clears throat> started promoting my portrait work in that mm. industry at the time they were i think that the editors and the the creators for all the publications were hungry for new new talents um i can remember that my portfolio got called in very early on for at the def jam um with uh russell what's his name that started def jam records oh my um, god it's gonna uh, 
Yeah. Um, my per- got- my first instinct was Wilson because of the. That was, no, 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 no. He's not a football player. Uh, <laughs> I'm so embarrassed that I can't think of this right now. No, it, uh, no. Um, well, maybe I'll think of it in a minute. Damn it. Uh, um, Rand is not it. Uh, oh, it just went right out of my head. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm gonna. You keep talking. I'm gonna Google it. Okay. Yeah. Google it. See who. I- <laughs> um, Simmons. 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 Yeah, I need to go here. There we go. Got it. Got it. Yeah. So, um, anyway, that was like an early on about Conan. I didn't get, I didn't get engaged by them in any way, but that was fun knowing that that, that had happened. Yeah. Um, but, um, so I was pursuing, I was pursuing a lot of, I was, you know, personal promotions to that market. Um, I knew that there was a, I had a sense of comfort in, oh, no comfort. I can't say that. I never felt comfortable in a, in a, in a city full of sharks. That just wasn't true. But I felt like I had a I had loyal business customers in the fashion advertise in the fashion advertising and fashion catalog world. So it wasn't like I let it go. I just I just started putting more attention into that entertainment, music, portrait, and editorial world. Um, I got hired to do um, a a PR shoot with an artist named Julie Cruz uh, with Warner Brother Records. Julie Cruz worked with um, David Lynch. Mm. on um one of my favorites Peak, on twin peaks i don't know if you remember that tv show yeah, yeah. i mean uh, david lynch doesn't miss he's he's found um, so in her um how did this happen her agent was we we, we sort of wind and dined each other and he he hooks me up with warner brother records la and warner brothers gave him the go-ahead to hire me to do pr with Julie for her new upcoming project that she had just finished with David Lynch. So I was like thrilled. Yeah, um, of course. I was like thrilled in some way. I went, okay, this is it. This is a big step. I'm going to get to the next level with this. Um, and I was a little bit nervous because the David Lynch was attached to it. Um, so I was living in Brooklyn at the time. And uh, I, I remember this. It was a Sunday night, 3.30 in the morning. My phone rang. And my phone never rings at three thirty in the morning, so I pick up the phone, and there's this voice that somebody sounds like he's like he's like a like a, a young guy from the Midwest. He goes, "Hello, is this EJ Carr?" I go, "Yeah." He goes, "This is David Lynch." I go, "Hi, go, David." Hi, David. I like now. Like, do you know what time it is? He's like, "Oh yes, yes." What would you like? <laughs> I go, "Hi, David." He goes. He goes, I just wanted to touch base with you before tomorrow. <laughs> but I said, you know what time it is? <laughs> he goes, um, he goes, I hope you do a really good job tomorrow. He goes, because <laughs> if to be honest with you, I did the photos for her album cover and they don't really look good. <laughs> so he goes, David Lynch says to you, stuff yeah. he he photographed. It doesn't look good. Yeah. Shoot. Oh, all right. Um <laughs> Uh, so do you think like moment? <laughs> yeah. How did you respond to that? How did you respond? <laughs> I go, I don't remember how I responded. All I know is I didn't fall back asleep. Yeah. <laughs> how could you? Um <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's what happened for me. So I did the photo shoot. She was lovely. It was wonderful. It was a great photo shoot. I did I did and in fact that's something I can send you as well. Like I can find you. I can find you the final image that was used. Yeah, I love that. Um, I've got it signed by Julie. She passed away last year. Um, hmm. 
not very old. Uh, but anyway, um, not that to just, I don't mean to dismiss that. Um, at the end of the day, I was so, my adrenaline was so pumped for that, that at the end of the day, when it was over, it was a really big lesson for me because I thought, is that it? I think in my mind, it was going to be everything. Right, but right, right. In, in the end, you know what I'm saying? Do you get what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, the thing that you think is going to change your life is just another job. It, but it, it, was, it was wonderful, but it was yeah. like, I felt the same at the end of the day that I did the day before. Yeah, you were like a different person after the photo shoot was finished. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the good, here's the thing that I love about the world that I've worked in. I've got relationships and I've got ongoing relationships with not active, but I mean, if I call somebody up or if I connect with them through social media or email, it, it doesn't matter who it is. We have, we, we can communicate still, which I think is, if there's anything, if there's more value than money, I would say that's it. No, hundred percent. Yeah. I would. No, say I mean, it's all, it's all relationships at the end of the day. Like that's. Yeah. That is, I think, what makes a successful career. It, I mean, obviously the work needs to be there and it needs yeah. to be good, but yeah. how you treat people and how they feel about you and all that, that's French hire friends. Yeah. How it works. <laughs> yeah. So um, on that, on that I, feel, I feel grateful. I am grateful for that. Yeah, 100%. More on the, uh, on the technical side, um, are there any specific photography or lighting techniques that you kind of are your go-to for a, like a really solid portrait to get the, like your specific style or mood? I don't think there is. I think, I, I think, I, I think everything I do is dependent. It, it's, I don't, there was a time, let me back that up. Yeah. Early on when I first, when I first went in this direction, I had a technique that I used and I had a, a roughly a lighting system that I used. Well, first of all, everything was, I did was in a studio. Everything was shot on a Hasselblad camera. So the format, everything was square. Mm. And again, this is something I could send you just as a sample. Um, yeah. And I would, and, and I altered my processing with my film and processing to uh, start what was called cross processing. I would shoot, um, negative film let me think if this is right how did i do this i would shoot colored transparency film and i'd process it in negative chemicals with my lab which would cross process the colors so what what i would get back instead of a transparency i'd get a contact sheet from the negatives which were because they were processed in the wrong chemistry so rather than transparency i'd get a negative then i'd make a contact sheet and then i would pick my images that i liked and then I would give them instructions how to color balance everything. Wow. And I'd make the color balance match, the look of the color balance match on everything I did. So you had to give instructions for the grade rather than doing it yourself? For the color grading, basically, yeah. Wow. Because I couldn't do it myself then. Yeah. That's that's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my entire portfolio, which I, I still have like 12 of them, yeah. I had... You had to have so many portfolios then because you couldn't you couldn't you couldn't get found on you weren't found on digital image you couldn't find you on the internet right there was nothing so you wanted to, internet so didn't exist I would send out FedEx was like my major bill there you go I was sending out you know weekly five six seven eight polar uh, portfolios a week to different places um, 
That is, <laughs> things have gotten way more cost effective now. And faster. And faster, yeah. yeah. There's a link rather than here, let me snail mail you a portfolio <laughs> that yeah. cost me $20 to make. I mean, the paradigm of shooting film for commercial photography now is 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 almost impossible because everybody wants it now. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. It's what, like 24 hour turnaround or less. Or less. Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a buddy that does uh, video and a big selling point for his, uh, he does a lot of like uh, corporate conference work and he, he sells them on that. He will give like a movie to them for the, you know, the final day of the conference. He'll do like a, you know, 12 hour turnaround for like a two minute video. I'm like, that's, you just don't sleep. No, I know. Like, that's insane, but it yeah. works. And, and I was there, we did a, a job in Vegas for Audi and, the video was it was great it showed on the on the big screen and everybody was you know at this after party and it was a total blast it worked great yeah. but it was like the amount of work that went into that was uh was substantial right it's insane yeah. <laughs> did i answer your question is that 100 percent. yeah yeah it's kind of it's, it's it's well it sounds like it's so actually no interestingly so a follow-up to that so that's kind of the older process now with digital is there are there favorite techniques that you use or is it kind of like what, um, is there, do you kind of match the personality of the person with the technique or with a lighting setup or is it, you know, how do you kind of, how do you, what, what goes into your mind with that? I, uh, I met, I, the technique goes with the person. Yeah. Yeah. With the person, whoever they are, whoever they are. So like, okay. So say I'll give you two examples. Super bubbly, outgoing, and a little bit more thoughtful and brooding. What what are like? How does the lighting differ on those? Based on a personality, yeah. Um. So let me back. No, let me not back you up, but back up. Yeah. I think. Um. In my mind, people have stories of who they are. It's my it's my story about them. Mm -hmm. So that's where I start usually um so um like well, let me use nigel as an example yeah yeah okay i think that's a good example if you don't know who we're talking about listen to episode one of this podcast and you will know <laughs> okay. oh i will and here um, we so i i've i've invited nigel to do a photo shoot with me i don't know how many times <laughs> five or six times yeah, I bet, I bet. and it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> <laughs> but i do have a series of images of nigel yeah that i've taken and on when we're on shoots together and they're wonderful um but if i were going to photograph nigel you've been around him enough that when you're involved in the conversation with nigel he's he gets like this right <laughs> yeah. you ever noticed <laughs> yeah. i want to do that picture and he yeah. had the time to do that um, it's going to be it's got to be a candid basically yeah but with nigel my lighting i would do something that would be classic with Nigel. It would, I mean, see the lighting on me right now? Yeah. That I would approach you. light. Yeah. On the side. Um, so if somebody, if I were photographing uh, a comedian just for argument. Yeah, yeah. Female. Um, I might want to do something like that on the stage with like stage lighting, um, really animated, um, as opposed to like a politician or a, um, a, another, like a male actor, say. Mm -hmm. um, 
I just, I really think that who their, their persona in the world impacts my story about them. And I try to, to marry that. I love that. If that helps. I don't yeah, know totally. Do. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to deep dive a little deeper because I'm so interested. So like, say, should I get a drink? I get a drink? <laughs> hey, listen, I got a drink going. <laughs> We're in the evening. We're good. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay. If you want to, you're welcome to, man. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, um, tell me. So just just for like an example's sake, tell me how you would think of lighting a female comedian versus a male drama actor. You mean like the source that I would use? Yeah, like what? How how would you think about? I, I think if I were shooting a female comedian, um, I'm just I'm trying to think of somebody who I would use as an example. There's so many people though I can't think of somebody specifically. <laughs> I would I would I would keep it high key with a, a sort of high key, friendly looking, open, colorful. I would I I mean so much of the part of the story is what they wear. Yeah, is the wardrobe. So I would want to make sure that that person was wearing wardrobe that reflects who they are. Um. Whereas, um, say an actor or drama, if I was photographing a Robert De Niro, sure, I'd probably be have to take some nerve pills to start with. But um, <laughs> um, take a shot beforehand. There you go. Yeah, I would first call that would, would probably be black and white. Okay. Yeah, um, I would. Li- I would probably like to do something with him in like a really textured, big, like over knit sweater. Um, really like strong pose with strong directional lighting just to bring out his character. And I would probably shoot it with a long lens so I could compress it a little bit and make it really tight. Um, I mean, that's how I then just really quickly, that's how I might approach something like that. I love that. So now that's exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's perfect. That's like my square format. If I were still, it's such a good example of like, it's, it's matching personality. It's matching who they are in the world. And um, communicating that visually, which sure. uh, is the again, I think that you know my audience is exactly like that's that's the kind of stuff that is subjective and is artistic and is based on your taste and is why you're at where you're at, which is right. so cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. <laughs> I, 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 told, I I completely agree. By the way. Uh, Robert De Niro in black and white. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, that's how I would approach that. Or I would do the same thing with, say, Marty Scorsese. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, my, I mean, a dream, well, what would, would a dream would it be to have Marty, uh, Joe Pesci, um, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and um, Harvey Keitel <laughs> together? <laughs> Again, real deep breath before you start and then go... <laughs> Especially with Marty there, like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, and maybe John, I could add him to the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> it's son, De Niro just did a new film called Wise Guy. Yeah, it, yeah. He's he's just he keeps going, and he has any uh, this will date a little bit, but he just had he's now having I'm another kid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like seventy nine. Seventy-nine years old. It's like he's like, I don't care. Him and Anthony Quinn. I think Anthony <laughs> Quinn's baby's only was eighty something. Yeah. 
Um, actually, no, I, it's funny. It, you completely just answered my next question, which was what makes a, a ordinary portrait stand out from an amazing one. And I think you, you know, capturing personality is, is, yeah. is huge. And the way um, you I think have, about I have, I have a, I have a portrait of, um, I'll send you this too. You, maybe you could let me know after this. You could send me an email if you, when you're doing this. Yeah. And I can give you, I can send you, you know, 72 DPI. Yeah, 100%. Is that fine? 72 DPI? That'd be great. Yeah. Um, send, me, send me links so that I can link them for people so they can go to, I want them to go to your your spot, your website. Oh, so links would be better than the actual. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Um, so. What you want for this? I have a I have a friend who's an artist um, who was an animation artist in New York at the time. <clears throat> he did animation for a, a um, legend, Richie ha Richie Havens. You know who Richie is? I don't. Okay, Richie Havens was um, he passed away about I don't know six or seven years ago. Uh, rock folk artist. He was the opening act for Woodstock. Okay. Oh wow. For Woodstock. He opened Woodstock because they didn't have, they didn't have, they, they couldn't get, I don't remember exactly what the issue was, but he was on stage for, I forget how long, but I met Richie in New York. I met him in his office. My friend, this artist took me to meet Richie one day and Richie agreed to come to my studio to do a photo shoot. So Richie Havens came to my studio and if you do a Google search, you'll see him. Um, oops, did I lose you? I'm here. Oh, you're here. So I did yeah. some. I got to get you. I was I was standing too still. <laughs> eventually, eventually we'll get this in an in-person studio. But for now, I just want to I want to get it done. So yeah. on Zoom we are. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, how did I get? You? I want to get you bigger on my screen. And I, oh wait, I know how I got it. Here we go. Oh, okay. Anyway, he, Richie um, came to my studio, and uh, but there was no planning of what I was going to do. All I knew is that I was going to do a photo shoot with this legend. Yeah. And um, so we did the photo shoot and Richie is black, tall, black. He was a folk singer in a village in the 60s. Well, it's like Bob Dylan and all those artists. And um, became he had his, then he went off on his own direction and he was the opening act in Woodstock. So people in the world and that, that my age and a lot of people know who Richie is. And one of my most famous portraits is of Richie Havens. And you can't see his face. Um, I saw that on your website. Yeah, I know exactly the photo you're talking about. He has all the rings on. Poison. Yeah, right? yeah. That's Richie. I, think I love that photo. Yeah, that's Richie. I love that photo. That's, um, there's so much. That's crazy too, because there's you don't see his face, but there's so much personality there. And you know who he is. I mean, if you know who Richie was, everybody knows who that is. Yeah. Um. So I mean, to this day, that's one of the most recognizable portraits that I think I've ever done. Nice. One of them. Yeah, absolutely. What, like, I'm interested actually, like what is, you know, with, with me being based in video, there's always such a shot list and a plan. And, you know, you, you save, you save the headache in pre-production, but it seems like for a photo shoot, especially with capturing somebody's essence, you kind of just have to roll with it. So going in with, a conversation rather than a shot list almost seems to be more effective. Is that yeah. kind of on track? Yeah, that's pretty much on track. Um, you know, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I, 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 to me. <laughs> huh? 
That's terrifying to me. But no, I mean, you mastered it. I I love it. Yeah. Uh, I've said this so many times that what I love, I you know, I had just finished teaching a class and I don't teach. I'm not, I don't consider, my pronoun is not educator. Um, it turns out I'm probably pretty good at it, but it's ne- I, I've never identified, I never wanted to be that, but I've been asked in the last few years to teach a, an elective class at Arapahoe Community College. Um, in their photo department, and I just finished teaching this class for the second time. Um, and it's the, they they created a title I would not have created a title. They created this title called Fashion and Glamour Photography, <laughs> and the glamour part gave me like I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, um, I've come and everything's to everything's misty. Yeah, but but the reality <laughs> is I've learned I've you know what I learned from teaching I learned what I didn't know. That's what I learned from teaching. Okay. Um, but I, anyway, that's a, that's a great quote. What right. I learned from teaching is I learned what I didn't know. I truly, I just like, Oh, I don't know how to do that. That's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. I know it's, it's a totally executing and effective teaching are two completely different skills. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so let me stay on track with this. Um, yeah. So Somewhere along the line in this elective class, this group of students, they'd ask me, um, how did they put it to me? What's the difference between advertising and editorial? Hmm. What's the difference in the production or preparation for edit- advertising and editorial? And my feeling about the advertising world that I've worked in, that by the time I got to the point of doing the photograph in an advertising project, it was already worked out. Everything right. was done. All I had to do was execute. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't the mean plan is there. The, the the lookbook is there. The style, all of that stuff is figured. Everything. It's all been pre-planned. It's all been gone over and over and over by and seven bosses. So there's <laughs> serendipity in that process, of course. Yeah. Um, because things do happen. But basically, you know what you're trying because you're working to a, a, a you're working to a blueprint in a way. This is what this is what we want it to look like. How are we going to make that happen? In editorial. There's a lot of room there hmm. for artistic expression. And that fits me way more organically. Even though I love it. It's not just a look, it's a it's a it's your style. It's it's the story behind it. That's why they hire photographers for stories like that. Yeah. Because yeah. Like how you interpret the idea. So That's way more fun. <laughs> so for me, I love going into quote unquote a room with all the pieces and then putting it together when I'm there. Yeah. To me, other than like, here's the blueprint, follow this blueprint. You're like, okay, thanks for the check. But when it's like, hey, you know, let's tell a story. You're like, now we're now I can you know paint with this. Right. Right. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> no, that's. I mean, and and what's funny is now. Because the students wanted you to go deep on that, you have an answer to it. <laughs> you know what the hardest part for me to teach was lighting, because yeah. I've never ever worked with a formula for lighting ever, mm. ever. I mean, I learned it. I went to school. I learned what portraiture lighting was. I learned what the ratios were. You know, I learned what Rembrandt lighting was. I learned what split lighting was. I learned what butterfly lighting. But I've never ever like determined ahead of time those kinds of things in a photo shoot, I let them happen when I'm there. Hmm. 
when I see when I see what I like, oh, this is interesting. I'll see it when I, I'll know when I see it. Yeah. But that's also dangerous when your client says that to you. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was one shooting a TV. But every client that says, I'll know I see it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember that was the most the most chilling down my back moment with I had a client come up to me during we're doing like a TV pilot. And she goes, she, she comes up behind me as we're like live with like 20 people going. She's like, I don't like the shot. And I was like, okay. What would you, what would you prefer? She's like, I don't know, but I don't like this shot. I'm like, yeah, right. Thank you so much for that insightful fucking Jesus. I know. Any any info would be great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so you know what I've you know what I've learned from that. Yeah. Like the hard way, I've learned that yes, they didn't know what they wanted in the first place. Correct. Correct. Or they're not willing to be honest. Yeah. They're not willing to be transparent, which is which is the worst because then they don't. It's just a losing battle if they don't know what they yeah. want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I find the best clients I've ever had are the ones that I have a real relationship with. Yeah, they become friends and that yeah. are well, but but that they're but you have you have a relationship where you can be open and honest and the, and you can be your ego can be strong enough to go they go you know that's really not as good as you can do and I go yeah you know you're right. <laughs> yeah. No, I I honestly. That would I would love to hear that. That's not as good as you can do. I was like, oh, you wanna you wanna go? All right, let's let's yeah. like let's take this and let's do yeah, something okay. here. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That pushes you. That makes you that's that's the kind of comment that makes you better. Right. Not just a not just a blanket, like, I'm not sure what it is, but fix it. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, trust me, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Over all these years. I've heard people say, I'll know when I'll know when I see it. It's like no, I need more information than that. Yeah, and that sort of takes them off the hook for their responsibility. You got to like, you got to have, you know what you got to have is like a, just be like, here, look through this, look through this book of photos and just tell me, tell me what sticks out to you. I do that all the time though. I don't like my own words anymore. No, how can you? It yeah. has to be the look. And you're like, oh, you like that look? Cool. We can make that. Yeah. I use Pinterest a lot for, for, for photos and for kids birthday parties <laughs> yeah that's on my side <laughs> right it's like hey print these signs out for these you know the wreck it ralph birthday party i'm like yeah that sounds great yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no pinterest makes total sense yeah no i I really i ask people to send me photos of what their of their vision yeah along with the purchase order so <laughs> <laughs> Be like, oh, you want this look? Cool. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a budget above what we talked about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, outside, we've talked a lot about about photography, which is fantastic. And I also want to know because I like to know you as a person. Okay. Outside of your career, what is like? What's your thing? What's your hobby that makes you relax? Takes you away from you know the the hustle and bustle. Um. So. Um. I grew up in Western Pennsylvania, um, outside of in, outside of Pittsburgh. I say Pittsburgh um, because it was my 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 mailing address as a kid was Pittsburgh, one five two two five, and um, I had a, I had my uncle. One of my uncles was um, into fishing, and uh, he was a steel worker in Pittsburgh. He worked in a steel mill for a company named the American Bridge. <laughs> they build bridges, and uh, he was a fisherman. He was a hunter. <laughs> That. Good name for the company. 
Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, oh, interesting. Uh, do you know the movie The Deer Hunter? Yes. Yeah, that was filmed where I grew up. Wow. That story is, that's my story in a way, is that movie. And that's Robert De Niro and uh, Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep. Um, the, dream, the dream photo shoot. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's funny. That's interesting that you say that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, my uncle was a fisherman and he used to take me fishing. And my other uncle was a photographer. Oh, this is good. This is good, actually. There we go. <laughs> his brother, his brother, two of my uncles. Yeah. So um, my uncle Vince was a fisherman. He'd take me fishing and he was in the flag fishing. So he's a blue collar guy in Western Pennsylvania who used to be a fly fisherman, which is incongruous because it was never in my mind. It was a blue collar thing. It was like a very sophisticated sport. But he introduced me to that very young. And um, it's been a passion for my whole life. Wow. Um, not as much as I would like to now. I've traveled all around. I fished in Canada and Alaska and all over the Northwest. And now I live in Colorado. So it's really accessible here. Um, how, so is, how is fly fishing here compared to other states? Um, well, be, beyond the amount of the people that have now taken up the sport, and it, and after the pandemic, it was just extraordinary how many people are now on the rivers that used anything to... outside. Just, I mean, I I got into mountain biking during it; and it just exploded. Yeah, yeah, so, no, totally. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, but if so, you can find a spot. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just finding myself traveling further away from the central Denver to get the places further away from the places that I thought were outside of Denver. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's okay. That's okay. I won't have you give away your spot because that would be total sacrilege. Have you, how, how successful have you been? Have you got some good ones? As far as fishing? Yeah. Oh no, I know. I've been, I've had great experiences for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, in Colorado, though, fishing is pretty good here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and the other thing, well, is while I was still, when I was in New York, um, I got to a point one day where I, I, did, I realized that I needed a break from the supermodels. Not, how can I explain this? I didn't want to hear another famous person complain about the fact that they didn't like how their hair was being done by the hair and makeup person when they were getting paid twelve or $15,000 a day to be there to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're when you're sweating your ass off in the lights and then you've yeah. been there for 15 hours and... i'm making half of what they're making yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, not that uh, i was i was what i was getting don't get me wrong <laughs> no 100 you're just like under your breath like shut the fuck up <laughs> so i had a home in new jersey right outside of new york and across the street from my home relatively was the country club of the town. I lived in a town called Maplewood, New Jersey. Um, and across the street was the Maplewood Country Club. And I would drive by the country club every day. And one day driving past the country club at sunset, I'm looking at it and there's this gorgeous scene of the golf green with the sun setting and the trees and the green grass. Yeah. And I went back a few days later and I stuck my camera through the chain link fence and I took a photo of that scene. And I shared it with the guy who is like considered the superintendent for the golf course, the guy who takes care of the grounds. Yeah. Familiar with golf at all? Sport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, the, I hit it off with the superintendent. We became friends, and he gave me the, the the freedom to go on the golf course and take pictures whenever I wanted. I just had to let him know. That's awesome. 
that became therapy for me. Yeah, totally. Um, at the same time, just I, it's literally because it, I mean I get that completely because it's a personal project just for you, just having fun by yourself. Maybe you listen to music, like whatever it is. Yes. You're just creating for the sake of creating, which is exactly best right. therapy. Yeah, totally. Yeah. At the same time, I had just been married, and my my now my ex wife, her husband, her father played golf, and I thought, wow, what a great way to get to know him. I'm going to start to play golf. So it's like, I was like, oh yeah. When I look back on that, I go, wow, that was an interesting decision. <laughs> anyway, um, that just grew for me. Um, and so that beginning of those images at that golf course connected, we moved to Ireland in 2007 as a family. And, um, I'm very jealous of that. I love our, we did, we went to Ireland, uh, for kind of a, a pass, past honeymoon like a little bit later and i i'm irish and scottish and when i like i do you have any any heritage in you from there well my ex-wife did yeah like you can it was, it was i like feel your aunt's it's crazy i went there, i was like holy shit like this is home holy like i was in love with ireland well so i don't have any but when i came back to the states i had a dna test because i was convinced and i did <laughs> that's how great the kind of the people there are just incredible like, it's just it's the best if you ever have a chance to go to ireland do it it's amazing i was there for three years yeah oh my god that's uh down the line when i'm rich and famous uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the first like you know summer home and not even summer because it's you know it rains a bunch but like i i would love to get like a cottage in ireland just yeah in in the south because it's just ah you can feel everything you can feel the history you can feel the hair it's just it's the best could i can carry, I, carry on carry on <laughs> well, can, I, can i put a background on this while we're talking do it do it what do i do under video anybody that's on anybody that's on uh on audio right now if you go on youtube you're going to be able to see ej's background in a second hold on here hold on i'll show you where i live i love it we uh when we went we had a airbnb that oh yeah 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 so ring of carry yeah yeah the best we had we had an airbnb where <laughs> our backyard was a field of sheep and then the gap of dunlow oh there you go i know exactly. i literally like i was there and i was like this isn't real this is too picturesque to be reality so you were in carry i was this is that's my house oh my god that's where i live wow I'm, I'm covering it up. <laughs> That's the number. That's incredible. I mean, you can't. There's no. There's nothing better than that. That's incredible. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, it is, a, it is a. It is essentially a. A built-up cottage on the coast with the overlooking the ocean in Ireland, and it's as beautiful as you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> How do I get back to the end and do that? Let's see. I think you should just leave it. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll leave it. Um. So um, anyway, when I moved to Ireland, we moved there in 2007. We went for a year. Intent, intent was a year, and we stayed for three. Yeah. Um, and while I was there, I was working. I was shooting. Um, I was shooting editorial projects from magazines from New York. A few projects like that. I was working for clients in Ireland, and I was working with fashion fashion designers in Ireland, and working with. That worked out. Working with artists. Yeah. With musicians, and. Um, so when I came back to the States, we moved to Denver for many reasons we came here. 
And I wasn't sure what I was going to do here because I was, I felt like I was in a desert. I did, I didn't know the market. It seemed small. Um, it didn't look like anything I'd ever been into as far as my career goes, but I did have a, an entire portfolio of Irish golf imagery. And there was a golf magazine here that I went to initially. And that was the beginning of me getting, a, getting a foot in the door in Denver mm. with working for them. Um, because I wasn't sure where I was going to work. Yeah. Um, so you, you, came, you went from Ireland to Denver? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was a big shift. All right. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big having, shift. Having, li- having visited one and lived in the other, yeah, I would say so, yeah. Yeah, it was a big shift. Um, so that's pretty much my story. <laughs> what a story it is. I absolutely love it. And you, you've been so gracious with your time. I'm going to uh, roll out the red carpet for you. Uh, tell tell our audience what you got going on in your life. What I have what? What you have going on in your life. Anything you want to promote, anything you are excited about, whatever it is. Um, I could be going back to Ireland this year with a major travel, with a with a private travel company to lead. Very cool. Um, lead a photo, a photo expedition on the west of Ireland for their clients. Nothing has been formulated or yeah, but it's in discussion right now. Um, I'm in a place where I'm looking for more time for myself than I'm still, I'm still, I'm still, I still have a fire to work, but I still want to, I'm, I'm in a place where I want to find more time to do the things I like doing also, Absolutely. you know, um, but uh, that's a really hard transition. I don't know how people retire. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to. Here's the thing, like when you when you love what you do and you have a legitimate passion, like why, you know, retiring means you take on the projects that you want to take on and instead of that you have to take on, I feel like, right? Like you're never going to stop being creative, stop working in that way. But like, you know, there's a part of me that feels like I still haven't done it the best as I can. (laughs) Well, there you go. The fire's still there. Yeah, I really do. There's something, I feel like there's something that I still haven't done. Would you ask me to put a, put a name on it I can't but I can tell you that there's that experience that internal experience that I have that feels that way I it's one of my um my favorite Macklemore lines is uh a true artist is never satisfied and I guess that's the sacrifice like you are always chasing something yeah and and that's part of the experience and part of the creation journey and I think it's beautiful you know early on when again, this is I'm going back in time. Um, somebody, there's a couple of things I'd like to share before we're done here about that. No, hundred young, give me all of it, please. Um, there was a time when it hit me one day that I was like, "Oh my god, I'm actually getting to do what I want to do." And then it hit me is like, "Oh, I wonder if I should be getting paid more for <laughs> because I was willing to do." I I realized that it was my met- mentally. Just because I was getting to do it was enough, right? But I had to really change that, shift that thing. No, no, I need to be paid as well to so live. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, and then early on, somebody pointed out to me that, um, and it was a model that I was working with in New York City who was very close to me, a friend. And we were talking about my work one day, and I was in a place of frustration about not getting things I that I wanted. And she said to me, she goes, you know. You're a really good photographer, she goes, but you're also an artist. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, yeah, I am. I mean, I never even looked at myself that way. 
But yeah. I, I, I think that leads everything I do. I mean, I feel like that's what's what separates uh, successful and memorable photographers and artists from just the picking up the paycheck. I think it's the vision, the experience, like you, you your artistic expression is what makes you stand out. Uh, and that's super important. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, I've been watching uh, Bruce Springsteen's bit in Dublin, in Ireland, and you just, I think his tour is going through Ireland. And I've been watching on social media for the last last five or six days. And he keeps posting pictures of himself with like people in the street in Dublin. Yeah. And like of himself in the pubs. Have you seen this? Have you seen it? I haven't. I haven't. I was, I'm like, going to check it out. It's like, did you, did you ever catch the thing that Mick Jagger did recently when they toured? I think no. I think he inspired Bruce. Mick would take <laughs> pictures of himself, like in really obvious places wherever he went, and it would always say, "Nobody recognized me." Nobody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. We had we had one mission. Well, two missions. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. The main mission when we went to Ireland was to find a local pub that we could go to every night. And build relationships with, like, have the Irish pub experience. And right. we did it. And they literally, like, this was, so we have two kids now. This was before we had any kids. And they literally were like, hey, you need to come back with your family. And that's a goal. I'm hoping enough of them will be alive to remember. Because <laughs> there was a lot of, a lot of fairly old people there. But, like, we had so much fun at this Irish pub. At the, at the, and by the way. Best Guinness in Ireland. We went to the we went to the Guinness brewery, like distiller brewery, and the Guinness we had at that pub in in the Ring of Kerry in the south of Ireland was better than the Guinness brewery. Uh, you went to St James Gate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We did. We did the whole thing, and it was I can't. I wish I remember the name of it, but it was it You're was everything. Girl. You said you were in Kerry. Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were in County Kerry. Um, it was again. If you can, there's. I'm sure there's a bunch over there because you know they have billboards everywhere that says Guinness gives you strength. Oh, what, what village were you in? I wish I remembered. Oh, we could. Talk I would have to ask my wife, and, and if she looks through photos, she could give us a name. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll I'll let you know afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. But uh, no, it was it was literally like they taught us how to properly drink a Guinness. It's the coin the coin test. Is yeah. when it, it the the sound goes a little bit deeper because it's settled, right. and it com- completely ruined Guinness for me for in the states. Oh yeah, <laughs> except yeah. for the the extra stout, which is a little closer because it's a little stronger uh, yeah. to what it is in in Ireland. But like, yeah, it, do, you have, do you have Murphy's or Beamish? I'm not. I it was. I mean, mostly just Guinness. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but there's there's other brands. That you, you know, you can get Budweiser at a pub in Ireland. <laughs> I, but they mix it with our. Listen, listen. If I could, I wouldn't order it because I don't even drink Bud Budweiser Budweiser here. Yeah, they mix it with orange juice and they call it a sh- <laughs> shanty. I think that's yeah, yeah. dandy. <laughs> it's a breakfast drink. Now, like the, the, Irish, the Irish coffee. We I we did get the the cups for the Irish coffee with you know the the coffee plus cream plus Bailey's plus a little bit of Jameson. Best thing you'll ever have. Right. Oh my right. God, so good. 
But man, it's been an absolute blast talking to you, and I am uh, I'm really fully, fully jealous of your time in Ireland. And <laughs> uh, no, this is this has been great. I I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, any 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 final words you want to uh, give the audience? No, um, live your dream. Be honest to yourself. Honesty and chase the chase the passion. Can't agree more. That's fantastic. Yeah. Somebody uh, said this to me early on. I'll say this now. Yeah. yeah. Um, this was when I first went to New York and I was talking about my dream of where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do and all of my, all of the things I was going to accomplish. And I can remember specific, I was in a dark room with a, with a, with a guy who was doing printing is the printing for another photographer. <clears throat> and I, he was, he became a friend of mine and we were just talking about the business. And I, like I said, I, I had all these aspirations. And he said to me, he said, the first step you take <clears throat> will determine the path you get on, that you end up on. He said, so really be conscious of the first step you take. And that stayed with me all this time. And um, now more than ever, I think about that because that first step led me here. But I had no idea what that meant at the time. Yeah. What that meant. So it's, I mean, it's essentially sounds like follow your gut and that's where you will continue to keep going in the right direction. Yeah. I love that. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate the time and, uh, and hanging out and, uh, this has been a blast. Thanks. No, I'm going to go look at your first, your first podcast. Now I'm going to have dinner and and look at Nigel. Yes. Let (laughs) comment and, and, and embarrass him. It'll be great. (laughs) Conversations with creatives. That's all I got to do is search, right? Yeah, I'll I'll send you the link. Please do. And if there's anything you, the things that you would like from me, do you want me to just send them to you? Yeah. No. Send me all the links, and I will. Uh, I'll just. I'll put a whole. If people can check out everything in the in the. Notes. Okay. Yeah. I'll. Yeah. I'll. I'll try to make sure I have. I think there's three or four things that we talked about. I'll make sure you get those. Yeah. Absolutely. I appreciate it. All right, Noah. Thanks, bud. Right. Also, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Thank you. Absolutely.